we're ready now, right? Yeah, it says we're live. I thought there'd be a countdown. <laughs> All right, no big deal. Well, welcome to DFS Deep Dive. My name is Brian Craighead, and I'll be one of your hosts. Needless to say, we will be covering NFL daily fantasy content, and DraftKings will be our preferred platform. We are we are a recurring weekly Friday night pod and are proud to be part of the Cut Podcast Network. You can find all of our written content at thecutffb.com. And on Twitter, you can reach us at thecutffb. Always be sure to reach out all three of us with any, any lineup questions. Anything you've got going on, we'll be glad to answer you back. As for me, I work for four other websites and The Cut. All of my written content and any of my podcasts can be found at vandygrad 92 on Twitter. Um, like I said, you can always reach out to any of us. At this point in time, I'd like to go ahead and welcome my other two co-hosts, Luke and Mav. They're going to tell you a little bit about themselves, kind of what they've got going on. Um, I, I guess first important, most important that y'all enjoy watch the game, enjoy the game last night. Oh yeah, yeah oh, very exciting, yeah. especially have, for fantasy. Yes, especially for fantasy. I have Brady and CD Lamb, and I have Dak on my bench actually. So, oh, you did have Dak on your bench. I, I had Dak, yeah. I've had Dak in one of my lineups. So, and in, in that one, the. Uh, completions count after 18 the more completions the better so 41 completions never hurt anybody so oh no definitely right. not so go ahead and y'all tell a little bit about yourselves your twitter handles and all that good stuff okay my name is maverick um i go by twitter protagonist tv um tv stands for i'm just a twitch streamer so i do game but on twitter everybody knows me as maverick um i'm a patriots fan i would try my best to be as non-biased as possible um but mostly i don't really like do any writing i can't write for anything so i stick to i appear on podcasts here and there as a guest and i talk a lot of football on twitter go ahead luke okay my name is lucas depow and that's also my twitter handle um obvious pittsburgh steeler fan um try to say name i actually don't ever seem to get the steelers in fantasy i don't know if that's just bad luck or me trying to really over not being a homer i uh, played fantasy football since 2008 and Dynasty for about seven years, maybe eight. can't ever remember. This is my first writing or podcasting I've ever done for fantasy, so I'm excited to be part of the Cut Podcast. Thanks, guys. Um, just, like, just like Luke, I'm a Steelers fan. I don't know. Right now, I mean, certainly wouldn't mind having a few shares of Deontay, and I do have him in a couple <laughs> leagues. But some of the other guys, I mean, some with average draft position and redraft, sometimes they're a little high. So, uh you know, it's certainly fun to be equal Steelers fans. So, kind of, kind of as a as I previously mentioned, our content is going to be daily fantasy sports DFS. Our platform will will be DraftKings. There's a few things I'd like to kind of alert y'all to. Number one, our slate is going to be the main slate. That's going to consist of all 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. games on Sunday only. So, needless to say, with us recording on Friday night, we'll, we'll never include the Thursday night game. Even though you know it was a good game last night, it, it won't be included. And then also we want, to, we want to include the Sunday night game, which is the Rams and Bears this weekend, or the Monday night game, which which is the Raiders and the Ravens. None, none of those players will count. So just keep that in mind. It'll be we'll be on here every Friday night, basically at eight o'clock. Content will be similar in, in regards to platform. Um, the other another thing that's really important to know is that th there's a maximum salary cap of fifty thousand dollars, and you got to draft nine positions with that. You're going to have a quarterback two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and a defense. So, you know, you you know, unfortunately, you won't be able to, to start all superstars. 
So one thing we'll, we'll include a little later is kind of some pivot plays for you. You may or may not like all our picks, and that's okay. We're going to give you some additional picks that you can choose from. So always keep that in mind. So those are some basics that we kind of kind of wanted to cover. And um, that's uh, that's pretty much what I wanted to cover. So what we're going to do at this point in time, we're going to we're going to hand it over to Luke and Mav. They'll they'll give us a discussion of their of their lineups for this weekend. Another thing to keep in mind, we're doing this on Friday night. So if you have if you see any injuries over the week over over Saturday going into the game on Sunday, you know you've got plenty of time to go ahead and adjust those lineups as well. But we're going to give us our our initial thoughts and we'll proceed. So y'all go ahead and go with your lineups. We'll go we'll go ahead. All right, I'm still going to do the share my screen. Um, hold on, share. Yes. Okay, here we go. You guys can see it, right? Yep, we're good. All right, so I have my team on my phone, and I'll just talk it over and pick them here. So for quarterback, I went with one of the, probably this is going to be one of the most highest scoring games over the weekend. I went with Maddie Ice at 6,000, who is probably going to give you the type of scores you're going to get, like what Russell Wilson might give you outside of rushing, same thing with Aaron Rodgers, maybe a Justin Herbert. He might outscore Justin Herbert this weekend, who's going for 6,700. So that's something to look out for. Um, Matt Ryan, you know, his average fantasy points per game last year was 19. He might break that this game because it's against Philly with a weaker defense. So that's key to look for, depending on, you know, you, you usually have to play the matchups, especially for a position like quarterback. Because you, you look at Mahomes, he's 8,100, which is the most, and he's going against Cleveland, which is usually a stingier defense than Philly. And for all we know, Matt Ryan might give you more points than what Mahomes might give you. So that's something to look out for, in my opinion. Um, for running back, especially with a major injury uh, this offseason, I went with James Robinson at 64. He's going to get a lot more touches now that Travis Etienne is hurt. 6,400 might be the cheapest he'll be all season. And it's against Houston, who I think might go 0-17 this year. Um, second running back, I went. This guy always seems to be around. It doesn't matter what team he's on. Melvin Gordon. Uh, Javante Williams still a rookie. He might get some touches, but, you know, goal line in the trenches. You're going to go with the bigger back, Melvin Gordon. He's still going to get the touches. Uh, wide receiver, this is probably the biggest splash that I made on my picks. I went with DeAndre Hopkins. He is currently my wide receiver one. And against Tennessee, I don't know who's going to guard him. This might be another high-scoring game. And if Kyle Murray's not running the ball, he's throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins, who might see the ball 15 times. Second, I went with uh, Scary Terry at 64. Now that he actually has a quarterback that can throw the ball more than five yards in uh, Fitzmagic against the Chargers, um, you know he might he might break his his point total here at fifteen and a half. So I think 6,400 might be actually a discount. Third, who is probably one of my bigger picks of the week, is Robbie Anderson. It's going to be a revenge game for him and Darno against the Jets. Their defense isn't really that great yet, so I could I think they can feast for you know a little more than what we're expecting. Tight end. I know I said I'll I'll try to be a little unbiased, but <laughs> forty one hundred and the playmaking ability that Janu has. I mean, he might see a touchdown this weekend. This is the revenge tour for New England, in my opinion, especially against Brian Flores in Miami. Now, one of my favorite picks. Another one of my favorite picks 
for uh, an amazing discount, Corey Davis. He might see 120 targets this year, especially with Zach Wilson. So that's that alone for at 4,900, too too cheap to to not to, to not take. And then the easiest pick has to be the easiest pick of all time. Denver against Danny Turnover Dimes. Denver defense. That's 30, 33 against Giants. It's like a gimme pick. Easiest pick you're gonna make all year. Um, oh, there we go. Let me use my second screen. Go ahead, Luke. You can go. Or if you guys have any comments. Yeah, that's one thing you always keep in mind. We're, we're, we're dealing with PPR scoring here. Like Matt was talking about, Corey Davis is going to get a ton of targets, a ton of receptions. It's hard to say on the Jets how many touchdowns they'll get. But at the same time, he's going to, he's going to add those PPR points up quite frequently for you. And you've also got to like Rob, Robbie Anderson, too, because he's going to get peppered quite a bit. So, and just like any other fantasy, but especially, you know, PPR leagues, opportunity is the key to everything. So you're always looking for those targets for the wide receivers, touches for the running backs. And, you know, that, that was another thing in regards to the Javante Williams and how they're going to split the backfield. And a little bit you'll see that I went the, the other way just because of price. But at the same time, I think they'll both get a decent amount of touches. So, that's you know, I always got to look for those that opportunity there. Yeah, I think we're all on board on the Corey Davis train this week for sure, as we know the Denver D as well. But especially with the extra Jets receiver injuries going on reported today, I think it's even better for Corey Davis. If I had to make a pivot play, though, and let me, I guess I'll make my pivot play now. Um, Evan Ingram, I think he's not playing this weekend, right? Yeah, he's out. Okay. Kyle, because Danny Dimes loves his tight ends because he got Evan Ingram involved a lot last year. Kyle Rudolph at 2,800 could be a very discounted play here. Very sneaky. And that gives you flexibility. That's an extra 1,300. So not, not a lot of people are high on Matt Ryan. So with an extra 13, maybe you can swap somebody else here. So for an extra 1,300, you can get a Russell Wilson. Yeah. The, the other, other question, Matt, was in, in regards to your total salary there, where, where are you sitting? Oh, I'm sitting at, I still have 100. Okay, so that's the other thing to keep in mind. So you got $1,300 difference in the player, but you got another $100 also for, yes. for leaving the lineup under the 50000 A lot of us like to start, I, I, I typically start kind of close to the max, but there are there are some people, and it's not a bad play, to leave a little bit left over so you can make additional adjustments, like I said, between now and Sunday when, when the person yeah. comes are. Yeah. Um, and if you, you know, if you like Matt Ryan, but you want to swap out, like say like a Melvin Gordon, you can still take Najee Harris with the extra remaining. If you're swapping out John for like a Kyle, ha- Kyle Rudolph, you you can take like a Najee Harris, like a Miles Sanders, because you'll have enough. So you know, with, the, with, with the extra money with Najee and, and the touch touches he's expected to get with really no backup. That'd be yeah. an awesome pivot. Yeah. So you can go. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, and then swap out Melvin Gordon for a Najee Harris, because you'll and then you'll still have like four hundred remaining. Yeah, that's good. And even then, you can swap out Aaron uh, James Robinson for Aaron Jones with the extra four. Yeah, you can you start really upgrading when you spend that low on a position for sure. Yeah, a lot, lot of opportunities there. Luke, do you, do you want to give us your lineup? Yeah, um, I got you. So, it. Okay, so uh, starting with quarterback, and we'll go with Aaron Rodgers. Mr. Safety net there week one. If there's somebody that's guaranteed to probably throw at least two touchdowns for sure, I think Aaron Rodgers is pretty safe at 6,800. 
Um, even that seems just a little bit low for him, but the Saints defense doesn't scare me at all. And playing down in the warm Florida weather in Jacksonville due to the hurricane, they won't be playing in the dome. So for running backs, one that you guys just touched on with Najee Harris, it's 6,300. The guarantee touch volume and Bills D was very good against the pass, not so good against the rush. So Steelers will try to save Big Ben's arm, and I think they will try to slow down the game and keep Josh Allen off the field with using Najee Harris too. I could see him getting a lot of touches. They're going to try to win that game and run game and defense and not get Stephon Diggs on the field. Um, other running back, another one you actually touched on with Miles Sanders. It's going to be a lot of points in that game. He's 6,500. Um, I could see that game just being back and forth all day, up and down the field, track meet type game for sure. We want, we want as many pieces in that game as you can get. Receiver, uh, Corey Davis. I don't know if we need to add more to it. 4,900 is just a steal for the targets heat. What we think he's going to get, at least unless everything's been falsified to us, I'd be very shocked if he doesn't see at least eight targets. I think that's his floor. And a Panthers secondary that I don't think scares anybody here. Um, next one at 5,300, we'll go Brandon Cooks with the worst team in football. That's going to be losing a lot and throwing a lot. And like Brian touched on about PPR, you know, Texas might not get a lot of touchdowns, but PPR is going to matter. And if he catches 10 balls, that's 10 right there. Then we'll see what yards he gets. And if he does score once, it'll be a steal for his price at 5,300. Um, the next receiver, we've got T. Higgins at 4,700 with Jamar Chase uh, making comments about the football looks different or something in college. We're going to stick with the proven receiver in T. Higgins after a solid rookie season. Um, I believe he is the one. Couple injuries here. The Vikings came out today. One on defense. Anthony Barr should help the Bengals maybe move the ball a little more. Might be a sneaky time to take the Bengals just to win that game. Um, down in the flex, we're going to go Marvin Jones at 3,600, sticking with that Jacksonville Houston game. Again, PPR matters. We I don't think anybody knows who the number one receiver is in Jacksonville right now. Again, it, I'll go with the. You said 36? Yeah, 3,600. Did you pick a tight end yet or no, or did I miss that? Oh, no, sorry. I skipped it. I wrote them down okay. backwards. Okay. Uh, for tight end, though, you see a lot of cheapness there, so we're going to go Travis Kelsey, or his Travis Kelsey is apparently his name. We've all been saying it wrong. Right. But uh, I don't know if anybody's getting used to that. But 8,300, you're spinning up for Kelsey for sure. Anna Browns, again, another exciting game that everybody can't wait to see with Kelsey and the Browns linebackers. I'm not sure who they're going to try to get covered. We may see Grant Delpit for the first time after he missed almost all last year. Try to cover him, which would be interesting. Then for defense, it's 3,300. We don't need any more explanation of that. Danny Dimes going to have at least two turnovers, and maybe you can get a pick six in there or a fumble for a score. I did write down a couple pivot plays as well. Um, I had $300 left over, so if you don't want to trust the rookie Najee Harris, James Robinson was only $100 more. So if you didn't want to go rookie and you wanted somebody that's playing the Texans D, you could swap those two out. For Brandon Cooks, some guy, it's the Texans offense, panic. You could swap, go 100 less and get Tyler Boyd, but then you're stacking two Bengal receivers, and then that gets kind of dicey if you really want to trust two Bengal receivers with Joe Burrow coming off that knee. But some people might feel a lot more comfortable playing Tyler Boyd over Brandon Cooks. Uh, one defensive swap, because I want to try to go a little bit different defense. I still want to put Denver the starter. Green Bay's defense. Um, I don't have their price in front of me. 35. 35. Yeah. I have 300 left right over. Jameis Winston's probably still going to throw a couple picks. I know he got LASIK surgery. He's my guy. I hope he does good, but he's probably bound to throw a couple picks with absolutely no weapons there. Traquan Smith got placed on IR today. 
So Marquez Callaway is going to have Jari Alexander on him, and then I can't – who else is their receivers? We're not really sure. It would be interesting to see how the Saints move the ball there. Kamara is probably going to touch the ball about 40 times. <laughs> and then my only other pivot play was a quarterback with 300 left over. He could spend 2,000 more and get Russell Wilson if you don't want to go Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, I don't know the difference between those two. Really, it'll be like this. You're, either one's good. You'll be safe to go with there. Do you guys have any pivot plays off the lineup? One thing I do like, um, you're talking about Wilson, Wilson and Rodgers being so similar. I actually prefer for this week, I prefer Wilson's matchup to Rodgers. The Saints actually performed quite well last year against the pass. So I'm kind of, for me, I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards Wilson. And then, like you said, you never can tell in regards to whether you can trust two Bengals or not. But in some ways, by going that way, you're going to be kind of a contrarian lineup, which in, if you're playing larger tournaments, it's pretty, you know, it's kind of important to go contrarian because if you always follow the masses, it's kind of hard to take down the bigger bigger tournament. So that's something to keep in mind, depending on the size of your tournament. I will say with Russ, too, the Colts ruled out Xavier Rhodes today, corner. So Russell oh, Wilson yeah. might have even – that could be Lockett or Metcalf, whoever that frees up a little better on the next guy up for I, the Colts defense. I had to think about this. I got one. Okay. Instead of instead of Kels, we go George Kittle Skittles. Uh-huh. That, that saves 2,000. This is still my tight end two. I know everybody has Waller as two. He, Kittle is still my tight end two, All right? So you okay. save you save two thousand there. Okay, and, so and where do you and, take and that two thousand? You take my QB one. Okay, Kyler Murray for only eight hundred more. Okay, so that saves you twelve hundred still. Mm-hmm. And you can go like a scary Terry at sixty four, Deontay Johnson at sixty three to replace Brandon Cooks. Scary Terry's nice with Curtis Samuel getting placed in IR. His groin can never get right, and uh, they got a rookie as their number two, right? The Dynami Brown. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. And then yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, something like that. And Adam Humphrey. So basically, Scary Terry is their receiver. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there, there's some flexibility there instead of going, you know, Kels against the Cleveland defense that that might. I'm not gonna say you shut him down, but they might slow him down just a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that game might might be a little stingy on both sides. If so Kittle, I'm sorry, I was going to say, if Kittle plays all 16 games, it wouldn't surprise me if he actually outscored Kelsey this year, if he could yeah. play all 16 games. But that's obviously been his problem his whole career. That's Yeah, I mean, well, that was last year, and then he played 19, he played 18, so then like 17 and, and 20. So, yeah, that's fair. I can see why people are a little scared. Yeah. Um, I just think last year was just fluky for everybody. Yeah. It felt like half the league got hurt. So I, I'm going to give him this year before I'm just like, all right, maybe he's just too injury prone. But I'm 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 he's still technically my tight end too, so I I feel like you know gave you a lot more breathing room to make some. some I did there. I did have a second DraftKings lineup. I'm not gonna go full indefinite, but I did stack Jimmy Garoppolo with Kittle to pay for McCaffrey because Garoppolo's getting the Lions and stacking with Kittle. If Kittle's gonna do good, Garoppolo's gonna do good. If he gets the touchdowns, now the problem is we all know the Niners like to run it like crazy. It's a risky stack, but you know when you try to fit somebody like McCaffrey in there, you. Obviously, got to go low somewhere. Now, I don't know about too much about the stack because I'm not too much of a Jimmy G fan, even when he was in New England. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you have, <laughs> you've and, seen him plenty. Yeah, give me Mac Jones, who's down here. I don't even know where he is. Forty four hundred. Forty four, right? Yep. Yeah. So you have Mac Jones down here. Where is Jimmy G? He's, He's 55. 55, yeah. So Mac Jones is 44. I'd rather take the dart throw on Mac Jones 
And if you can have Mac, CMC, and you said Kittle, Kittle now you have the difference between and then Jimmy Juice. That's an extra eleven hundred to play around with whatever it was the rest of your lineup was. Yeah. So I'd rather so, take the dart throw on Mac instead of Jimmy G, who who's not going to get yeah. it. Yeah, anyway. I, I get that. It's just the Lions D, the Dolphins D. I think is a big difference. No, 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 it is. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying at the same time. Jimmy G, like I looked at his stats because everybody made it seem like, oh my god, Jimmy G is so great. He really wasn't that yeah. great. His that year he went to the Super Bowl, he was he was all right. There's a he, reason they spent three first round picks on Trey Lance. The the one thing, is, Jimmy Jimmy G, that Super Bowl year was very efficient, but his overall the stats really aren't that great. So yeah, hmm. that's uh, like like you said, I actually wrote an article earlier today about Mac about Mac Jones. I don't know what his ceiling is, but his floor may be enough to offset increase, increased opportunity elsewhere to the way, way I viewed it. Because in terms of quarterbacks, I try to always get about three times my salary, and he was at 4,400. So basically that says he needs to score 13.2 fantasy points. You're one big play away from away from getting that. So, I mean, if I can if I can go bottom basement with him, I don't mind going much higher elsewhere because I can get one, one more extra player in my lineup that I really like. So For sure. So yeah, Brian, it's all on you now. Okay, so one, I, I kind of, uh, I kind of skipped over this part when I was doing initially, but I'm, but I'm glad I did, because we have some pivotal games we, we'd like to look at. But the one thing I recognized while, uh, while we were looking at your all's lineups, is even though some of these games are games that typically because of the over under, and and the expected point totals for both teams, you kind of look away from. You've got like Corey Davis. I mean, like you said, we don't know what you know. They're only expected to score 19 points. But the problem is they don't really have to score many points for him to do well in, in, in the PPR format. So, like I said, I've got a handful of games I want to go over real quickly. And before I do that, I want to discuss implied total. So, quickly, one, one thing that I always look into when doing my lineups – well, actually, there's two things. But first, I look at implied totals. Basically, that way that works is right now the, the, the Chiefs-Browns um, over-under is 53.5. So, go ahead and round that up to 54. And there's a six-point point spread between the Browns and the Chiefs. So at 54 points in a six-point point spread, the Chiefs are expected to score 30 points while the Browns are expected to score 24. So just keep in mind, that's kind of the, one of the things that I always look at. And the second thing I really enjoy looking at is at profootballreference.com. I actually just learned – I've been using Pro Football Reference forever, but I actually just learned this technique within the last week. There's actually a column. They, they always provide the information that each defense gives up to each of the four Skill positions being quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. But the addition thing, and I don't think it was there last year, but it's possible, they actually show how, how many points each defense gives up in regards to DraftKings. So you can you can look at that particular segment and sort it by the DraftKings points against, and you can find out what those defenses gave to, to each one of the four skill positions. So those are two of kind of my important factors that I look at. And like I said, there was a handful of games I wanted to kind of lean towards and unfairly, I wanted to lean away from a couple. My couple that I wanted to lean away from, and we're, we're using players from each of them pretty much, but the but the Broncos and Giants, their over-under is only 42.5. So like I said, I initially thought, let's lean away, but at the same time, that's not fair. And then the other one was the Jets and the Panthers. Their over-under is actually only 43. But once again, we've used Melvin Gordon, we've used Corey Davis, because somebody's got to get an opportunity. So even if you don't score touchdowns, it doesn't mean at the given price, they can't be valuable players in your lineup. So that's the other thing to remember. You've got to use some lesser-priced players 
to go to go for greater prices elsewhere. So those are two lineup two two teams that I kind of want to stick away from. But now it seems kind of asinine. I'd, I'd at least consider players there. And the the teams that the, the games that are really favored, and we've mentioned some of these players as well. The Browns and Chiefs, like I just mentioned, they're the highest over under on the board at fifty three and a half points. Next, we've got the Cardinals playing at the Titans. That's kind of a sneaky one to me. There's their over under is fifty one. Um, next is the Steelers and the Bills. Their over under is fifty and a half. And last but not least, we got the Packers and the Saints. Um, their over under is at fifty. And there, and part of my my line, if you'll find one other sneaky one that's right in that same same over under. It's going to be the Fal- the Eagles playing at the Falcons. So just a couple of things to remember when you're setting a lineup that, you know, maybe those are some of my techniques. You might adopt them. You might not. That's that's the fun thing about DFS. You, there's so many different ways to get to that $50,000 salary cap. And like Luke was saying, you know, he's a Steelers fan. He might might not have gotten him in redraft, but he can certainly select them here. So that, that's kind of fun. So I'm going to go over my lineup real quick. Um, and, like I said, some of these players will be on teams and, and games I just suggested. So, so my my quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. His cost is sixty five hundred, and the Titans the Titans are expected to score twenty seven points. So he he was my quarterback. Uh, my two running backs are Antonio Gibson, and his price was fifty nine hundred. And although he doesn't have a great implied total at twenty one, the Chargers actually weren't great last year against the run. So you know Gibson was really good. He's the 18th, 18th price running back. And in a lot of aspects, he's actually, you know, to me, he's a top 12, top 14 back. So he's kind of kind of undervalued anyway. But, you know, even though with a low implied total, I'd still give him some chances out of the backfield. McKissick last year was, you know, obviously very involved in the passing game. But I wouldn't be surprised if that shifted a little bit. And like, like we just said, there's going to be some more opportunities for the Redskins players out there. And might as well mention one other name since the receivers are thin. It wouldn't surprise me if Logan Thomas gets, gets off to a pretty big start as well. So I don't I don't mind some of the secondary pieces there in regards to Thomas and some of the other receivers. They might they might get a chance as well. Um, my second running back, and I know we've heard the Melvin Gordon, so I took I took the other half. I took Javante Williams at four thousand. We we honestly don't know what the split is going to be in touches, so that'll be interesting. But uh, I think the key thing to remember here is is the opposing defense is not great. The Giants aren't great against the run. They haven't been good against haven't been that great against the opposing running backs at all. Last year they were they were eleventh, gave up the eleventh most fantasy points. So I think they could both be valuable plays here. What what was Gordon's price, guys? Melvin Gordon. Uh it was Mavs player, I'm not sure. Fifty three. Fifty three. So we got fifty three there versus Javante at four thousand. I can always save the save the, the thirteen hundred. They're, they're both equally fine plays, but I'm, I might just be willing to save a little bit more money just for my end. That's definitely something to that fantasy managers should be watching this week with those two running backs. How that split goes right off there, the rip. There's two or three out there that that kind of peak peak my interest um, in in regards to um, in regards to the way the shift is going to be. Another one, another one out there is Chase Edmonds and James Conner. Uh, midway early early in this summer people expected a big shift to chase Edmonds. drake was drake was gone to the raiders and they thought we're well, sure he's going to get all the you know a lot of touches and then they bring james connor at least for first and second down so that's kind of you know it's kind of a big one that remained to be seen how, how they're going to do it this week and moving forward they're only a hundred dollar difference in, in regards to those last two players connor and Edmonds, you have 46 and 45 
I'd have, yeah. I would lean Edmonds, but that's me. I would too, PPR wise. Yeah, even that, just like the system for, um, you know, he's more comfortable and familiar with the system. Yeah, for sure. And now, in regards to wide receiver, earlier in the week, I had DJ Moore in my lineup. Um, I originally, like before that lineup, I had Brandon Ayuk in there. And Ayuk, when we did our test, was actually kind of iffy as to whether he's going to play. But now he's full. Pra- he's uh, doing full practices. So I really like the matchup against against the Lions. He's at uh, 5,700. And the Lions last last year, regardless of whether it's running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, it really didn't matter. The Lions were really just an awful defense. And they've tried to make some adjustments, but mostly they've made those adjustments along the defensive line. So I, I don't think they're – I mean, they might want to be better, but I don't really think they're that much better, to be honest. Um, you got to have a big price play here or there. And like I just said – one of the sneaky games I really like is the Eagles and Falcons. So, actually, I went with two players from the Falcons. My highest-priced guy, of course, is Calvin Ridley. He's at 7900 And sitting behind him, I went ahead and went Kyle Pitts. So, I, I took two pieces of the passing game. Pitts is at 4400 Like I said earlier, the implied total for, for this game is 26 um, You know, I, I know the scenario and, and all the things leading up to this year have been well, without Julio Jones, Matt Ryan struggles. Maybe he does. We can't tell. But once again, we have to go somewhat contrarian. We just we're just one of the masses, not not doing great. So we have to make some opportunities there. And then uh, we de- we definitely we definitely had one player like um, I went I went with T Higgins also, just like Luke. It's uh, you know I don't know what to expect from Joe Burrow. Got to assume he's got to hope and assume that he's healthy. The Vikings made some defensive changes. They had six free agent moves in the offseason. Last year, they were horrible defense. I'm kind of curious how, how those additions will make it. In all fairness, being game one and, you know, the summer we all saw during the preseason, it really didn't show much. Every every defense is kind of vanilla. The offenses rarely play. So, you know, I, I don't really expect a big change in the first game of the season. They might be better later in the season. But I wouldn't mind going against that Vikings defense. And last but not least, we definitely went with the same defense. Um, we went with the Broncos at 3,300. Um, I'm willing to go against Danny Nichols in any time, pretty much. So, you know, I know there's some fans of the Giants, and I'm sorry, but I'm willing to go go against that offense. So, we know that Patriots guy over there doesn't like the Giants. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two, two two Super Bowls later, it's not a can't be a fan, can it? No, I don't like the Giants. No. <laughs> I don't even like Eagle fans. They, they, they become more obnoxious. <laughs> well, that's the thing about the Eagles fans. It, it, it has, to, has to be tough there. It's, uh, you know, they're, they're very boisterous. And, I'm, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, I hope that you all have something to cheer for. But I'm not predicting too many wins this year. <laughs> Me neither. So did, did y'all have more pivot plays you'd like to discuss off my oh, line? Still had, you still had your flex, your flex pick. Yeah, oh, we need a flex play for that last one. I may, may have skipped my – Mother wide receiver. Yeah. Right um, who is mother wide receiver? Was it A.G. Brown or was it like a Stephon Diggs, D.K. Metcalf? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank, thanks for reminding me. I skipped right, right over A.J. A. Brown because I, I like to stack there. And that's the other thing to keep in mind. I mean, you're well – I mean, like I said, I would encourage anybody to play their lineups. We provide the best advice we can, but all of our lineups are, are directed in a different fashion. I like I, li- I really like stacks. 
So if it's a good stack, I like going with it. So mine was obviously Tannehill and A.J. Brown. And then I don't mind doing comeback players as well. So have, having somebody on the opposing team. So, you know, if I if I found the money, I mean, like Chase, Chase Evans might, might be a good comeback player. Um, that, Kyler Murray, whatever, whatever you can fit in. You know, obviously in my case, I couldn't start Tannehill and Murray, but always go, always go with a reverse player if, if you want to. I think it's a pretty good option. So, yeah, that's where I skipped over. A couple pivot play receivers. You keep talking about the Philly Atlanta game. I like the game too. I think there's a rookie you could play this week would be Devontae Smith. In that game, he very well could come out and be the number one target guy. I don't really like playing rookies week one though, but his price of 4,500 is pretty good. And then oh, about the only Falcon pass catcher nobody said was Russell Gage at 5,300. He's a proven NFL receiver. He might be the number two. He might even get out, he might out target Kyle Pitts game one. We don't know. But those are two to keep in mind if you do want to go more pieces of that game for sure that nobody should be stopping anyway in that game. And if you go ahead, okay, I was gonna say because if you don't want to stack, like he mentioned about uh, not starting rookies, especially a rookie tight end, you can always go back to Janu. Like <laughs> I had like I had originally at forty one. Save yourself three hundred. Then and instead of AJ Brown. You can go with you save three hundred. I said so. Yeah, three hundred. Three hundred plus a five hundred heavier. That's eight. So you can go with DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson. You already had enough for Diggs even before AJ Brown, but you can still go D Hop or Justin Jefferson, who might see more targets than AJ Brown. And in all fairness, like I was talking about that reverse stack, and in regard in regards to Tannehill and AJ Brown, I I could take that out and and just have a comeback player instead. Or may, maybe yeah. find a different way, different way to get D Hop in the lineup. So, yeah. it, 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 that's uh, that's that's always something I like to keep in the back of my mind. It's always nice having Hopkins in the lineup. It's like the floor is twenty. It feels like like that's his worst game. It almost. No. Oh, exactly, exactly. And sometimes, especially when you're paying up for players, you, you better have a solid floor to start with because the, the thing that really sinks your lineup is the pay up, and then that guy just did absolutely nothing. But the lineup is fine. The only thing is I don't like teams, especially like the 49ers where they have like two receivers and a million running backs, and then you got the tight end, and then it's a quarterback that doesn't throw the ball that much. So while everybody else is high on Ayuk and um what's the other receiver? Debo. Yeah. I'm not high on any of them until I see Jimmy G being able to feed them. And then you got people saying, Oh, but one's gonna get hurt, one can't stay on the field. Like, but you don't know that this year. Kittle's the one. Yeah, that, if anything, yeah. Kittle Kittle's a receiver one on this team until proven otherwise. And so the other, and the other thing to keep in mind with that, and I I, I may do some more digging before Sunday because like you said, you don't really know what's going on with the passing game. Kittle Kittle is the one. You, you, there probably is not even a one A. You're probably looking at a two. But the other thing that could easily happen, like I said, the Lions were bad against both the pass and the run. So theoretically, the 49ers could just keep feeding Mostert all day long, and none of the receivers, get besides possibly Kittle, get, get involved. So that's the worst thing about playing a team like the Lions. They Honestly, the 49ers might not even have to play more than a half to win that game. Mm-mm. And Jimmy G's a former Patriot. We love our tight ends. <laughs> Val- oh. v- valid point there. There, there's one running back I heard any of us say today. He's right around my Najee Harris, Miles Sanders, Anna Gibson. You could fit him with Joe Mixon. With, with Gio gone, he's going to get the ball a lot. I know the O line's bad, but again, with Burrow's knee, kind of like I said with Ben's elbow, same thing. 
Mixon's going to get 20 to 25 touches. He's going to be the safety valve. Yeah, so that's another play. If somebody for some reason doesn't like Gibson, maybe you just don't like Washington in general for whatever reason. You can. He has the 500 there to play uh, Mixon for another 300. And and I'm actually a Mixon fan. I, I know there's a lot of people that are on the fence in regards to Mixon, especially in redraft. But I'm a I'm I'm pro pro Mixon. I mean, in all in all fairness, he started last year very poorly in the first three games, then had a good game against Jacksonville. And before he got hurt, he'd, he'd actually at least had serviceable numbers in game in games five and six too. So you don't know what you're going to get long term. But in a DFS play like this for one game, as long as he plays the entire game, not get doesn't get hurt at half. He's He's got the opportunity to put up several touches. And like we said, opportunities are key to everything. So Exactly. That's, uh, that's kind of what, where I'm leaning there. And um, I, I mentioned uh, a running back I like. Um, I don't mind Chase Edmonds. He's, he's actually priced at, at – he's a 36, 36 in terms of price. And I, I'm willing to go, you know, in regards to a price guy that, you know, theoretically at least ought to be in the top 30, top 25, whatever, running back, to get him at 36. That's kind of kind of an opportunity, I think. And the other thing while I'm thinking about it is in regards to rookies this week. So like the the absolute lowest salary for wide receivers is three thousand. For running backs, it's four thousand. And these these price tags were set back in back in mid to late July. And you won't see these prices later. But like Mac Jones, we've already mentioned at forty four hundred. Javante Williams at four thousand. Michael Carter right now is not a great opportunity. But if he come, if he comes back later in the year at four thousand again, he might he might be an opportunity. And then in regards to receivers, we're looking at Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, um, Terrace Marshall. All those guys are pit, are pitching in right at three thousand. So if you can get one inexpensive player like that, yeah, you're t- you're kind of taking a chance. But in reality, if you get two and a half to three times your value, so you're looking at the, anywhere from like seven and a half seven to nine points you're actually getting your values worth and you can save money elsewhere. So For like sure. I said, right now, the, the uh, rookies yeah. are key. Terrence Marshall is 3,000. Humphreys is 3,000. Danny Brown is 3,000. Yeah, there might be another decent receiver this Sunday for Washington. Now I don't think anybody knows who it's going to be. That's the thing. It might just be Logan Thomas like you two touched on earlier. He he might be just the main beneficiary. Curtis Samuel know? being out could help Gibson too because Sammy won't get any of them backfield touches that he gets too. Might be a couple more kip- touches for Gibson. Who's the number two receiver in Tennessee? Is it Des Fitzpatrick? They got Josh Reynolds there now. Okay. Des Fitzpatrick actually got cut, but then re-signed he the did. squad. Yeah, okay. he'll, he'll be yeah, Okay, I remember seeing that. Okay. I so I think that. Josh Reynolds, if you want, that's another cheap piece to that game. If, you know, everybody's going to be playing Julio and A.J. Brown, maybe, or maybe Anthony Ferkser even. I haven't been paying attention to this player. What's the news on Amon Ross St. Brown? Was he like the number three receiver on that team? I think depth chart wise, Tyrell Williams, number one. And then I think it's just whoever. Okay. It could be St. Brown, Quintus Cephas. They traded for Trinity Benson from Denver. So I don't, again, yeah, a Niner, a good Niners defense. I think if you don't play Hawkinson or Swift, you don't really want any piece of the Lions. At least, at least not right now. It, it would not shock me on the season if, if St. Brown is actually the, lead, the leading rec- receiver in regards to reception. So I think later, but like right now, I mean, we don't expect much from the Lions. And early in the season, the first few games, I probably wouldn't trust them at all. But any NFL team is going to eventually find somebody that can do something. And I don't know, the DeAndre Swift, I don't know. Did, did y'all see the information about uh, Swift? Yeah, making some, yeah that's some weird stuff going on there. I think he's fine. 
I think he's fine. He's fine now, but that's something to look at later in the season, I think. So yeah. One thing one thing also, like like we talked about, we like the Broncos defense. It's hard to, <laughs> really hard to get away from them. But as much as I like Mac Jones, I oftentimes like defenses going against rookie quarterbacks. So Dolphins sure. defense weren't a, weren't a complete shambles last year. They're actually pretty good. So if you don't want to go Mac Jones, you can actually, you know, if you like, well, Mac Jones isn't my guy, then I don't mind. I don't honestly mind giving a chance to the Dolphins defense. They're in at the 2,900. And the other one that, that I wouldn't mind playing is actually the Jaguars. Um, oh, we've, all touched on the, them. we've all touched on the Texans and what they're going to be able to do. Their implied total is the lowest on the board at 19. You know, I don't. I don't mind that at all either. Jaguars also was decent. I was about to joke with you. You said go against rookie quarterbacks. So you're going to play the Texans D versus Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> you, you could, <laughs> <laughs> and hope you get a pick six. I mean, that's all you're really hoping for at that point. Yeah, I, I would. I wouldn't particularly lock on that one, but uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to, you can. <laughs> so there could, there could be a lot of mistakes in that game both ways. Though you could, it could be a turnover fest, but it, it could be I a six-three final. You never can tell. I don't think I'll ever be clicking the Texans defense in the near future. No, exactly. So, so, so our, our, our last segment that we're, that we're going to um, delve into now is going to be um, every, every week we're going to do picks against the spread. There's, there's an opportunity later that we'll, we'll be, we'll be also doing some player props, but that that's to be seen. But for every segment for every week, like I said, we're, we're a recurring, th- recurring pod on Friday nights, but every segment at the end is always going to be our picks against the spread. Each one of us will pick approximately five games, our five favorites, and then you know th- those are just our our thoughts as to where we sit. So, Mav, if you want to give me your five, that'd be, that'd be awesome. You guys see this clear? Mm-hmm. Very. Okay. So, right away, you already know. Ah, oh, geez, here we go. <laughs> you, 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 like, does the half is, point scare is, you? I have them winning by anywhere from seven to ten. Okay. So three and a half. Man, can you, I'm sorry to interrupt. Can, can you go ahead and give me that spread again? Um, somebody so, called right in the middle of it. So. Oh, it's it's three. Uh, Patriots are three and a half point favorites, and this is to me this is Bill Belichick with a chip on his shoulder. Whether it's this year or or next year, chip on his shoulder while he's in the middle of rebuilding his team, trying to show that he could win without break. So three and a half in his first game of the season in Gillette against a division rival. So he's going to make an example out of his, uh, you know, former associate. In Brian are, are you worried at all about no Stephon Gilmore? Against the Dolphins? Are there receivers? I, mean, I would, I guess I'd have a bigger argument if Will Fuller wasn't suspended. I think that would matter a little bit. Yeah. But with rookie Jamie Waddle. We're just going to double team Waddle. Like who's going to run the ball? Yeah, the gas can. Who, who's, who's their who, Who's their second option? Gasecki, maybe. Gasecki could be. That's one we also didn't touch on. He he could be the target leader this week. Yeah, especially yeah. Will Fuller out. I don't know the history of Gasecki versus New England. I'd actually that'd be interesting to see. Like nobody but. on that team, because they don't have. They can't bring out Fitz Magic in the second half. <laughs> yeah, no more so of that. With, huh? Yeah, with with no actual threat that I would consider like scary. They're gonna have a tr- uh, you know a tough time being able to beat us beat the Patriots, especially with the front seven being just being gonna be able to scream at two of the entire game. I, I didn't pick this game, but if I had to lean it, I probably would have leaned the under. I just don't under? see it. This is pro- this is probably gonna be an under. 
Yeah, um, 43 seems like what like, it wouldn't surprise me if it's like a 21 17, 24 14, something like that is mm-hmm. where I was leaning towards. I don't see it being high scoring because Mac isn't in tune with the offense yet, especially with the first team in a, in, in a real game. So I see the Patriots, we're, we're just going to run it down your throats. You might see a deep shot if Aguilar is playing. If not, we're just going to throw it underneath until John gets open up, open up the seam. Is it's, there a chance Aguilar misses this game? I haven't he's, seen He's him. questionable. He didn't practice okay. yesterday, but he was seen He was seen out there today, so he's questionable. There's no guarantees in yeah, New England. Okay. Brady was questionable. I haven't heard anything about him. Brady was questionable his whole career, so who? I, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. Yeah, you never um, know Belichick. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, okay. So the bottom team is the home team. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The minus is the home. Okay. So I'm going with the Falcons plus minus three and a half. I do not see the Eagles winning this. I don't see Jalen Hurts being able to outscore Matt Ryan, Pitts, Ridley, Gage. Uh, I don't, I don't see that happening. It's going to be high scoring. They, they probably beat the over under. They probably go over. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't see the the Eagles winning this, and I, I think three and a half. This can be anywhere from four or seven. This could be a blowout too. Like I can see the Falcons putting up twenty eight, and they just got they just have to hold the lead. This isn't you being salty about the Super Bowl two years ago, right? No, <laughs> I'm just I really don't think the Eagles are that good this year. Uh, they're better than last year, which isn't saying much. I just don't think they're good. Yeah. Um, and three and a half. This game could be over in the first quarter. The Eagles, okay. just, the Falcons just have to be able to hold the lead, which they couldn't do last. Year. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know about that one too. <laughs> yeah, the lead, new, the new, new coaching system, new scheme. I just hope they can. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I have that. I have Washington. I like that at, one. at one and a half. Their defense is way too good. They're actually underrated at this point, which is crazy because everybody's picking the Chargers because they're expecting Herbert to be an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. I have Washington. They're gonna be able to. I, borderline shut down the Chargers offense because that's how good they are. Their their coaching staff doesn't get enough credit. Um Jack Del Rio, who's your defensive coordinator? Oh, he's a known name too. I forget. Their coaching system. Oh no, it's Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. There we go. That's the coaching staff there. Really good. Yeah. So I think Washington has probably one of the best front sevens in football. They're gonna scream at Herbert all day. Okay. And then that offense can definitely score, especially with this magic there now, instead of Haskins and Alex Smith and Kyle Anderson and whoever they had last year, they're going to be able to score. So I have Washington in that game. Um, I'm taking Arizona here at plus three. I'm taking Arizona. That's my fourth pick. Right? Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think Arizona early on in the year, because I think they lacked depth last year. So when it came towards the end of the season, they were probably just gassed. This year, especially early on, they were they were very good early on in the season. And I think Kyle Murray is just going to be able to run up and down the field on the Titans. And then you got to worry about him. Then you leave DeAndre Hopkins open because they're going to find ways to score no problem. And I think they'll, they'll sneak it, sneak away with the win at the end. Okay. Um, What was my fifth game? Uh, I don't remember what my fifth game was. Oh, Denver, minus three. Okay, because we all like the defense, so it makes sense. Okay, um, do you got anything more in Denver? Are you good? No, nah, I think we spoke okay. about it earlier. I think the defense is going to okay. eat Danny alive. Okay, um, for me, um, I kind of touched base with Najee Harris about Pittsburgh slowing the game down, but the Steelers' bills under 48. I see 48 and a half now. 
I could see Pittsburgh really slowing that game down, really making Buffalo earn it 24 to 20 at most, something like that. I don't see 50 points in this game. I really don't. I don't think Ben been through a pick six last year, made the score a little higher. Um, I don't see obviously pick six are very hard to predict, but I just think it's going to be under that. I can see him. Like I said, 24, 20 is like the max I can see. Pittsburgh's going to try to keep Josh Allen off the field. With only Joe Hayden, a proven corner, at their time to cover him. Gabe Davis could be open. Emmanuel Sanders is questionable, which is big. And Star Two Lely, I'm not the D tackle for Buffalo is out for this game, which could be big for Najee Harris. Steelers made it competitive last year in Orchard Park too for the first half, three quarters. Yeah, they just Josh Allen just kind of poured it on there at the end. But it was a much closer game than the final score. Yeah, I'm not too comfortable with the spread. Trying to be a homer, I'm going to stick with the under there. Um, for another game. I'm going to take the Colts plus two and a half home against Seattle. Seattle, I mean, you take Russell Wilson off that team, how many games do they win, realistically? I'm not I'm not the biggest Carson Wentz guy, but I can see him having a decent game. I can see Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines going kind of wild here. Now, at the same time, I know Seattle's going to score, but I do think the Colts' D is a little bit better than Seattle. I think the Colts do just enough, and it is considered an upset because they're an underdog at home. I like them getting a two and a half. I really like it if you get plus three at home. I don't see Seattle running away with that game. And also that being a one o'clock game for Seattle, West Coast, East Coast. Sometimes that stuff matters. I don't know if it matters as much as week one because they didn't have to travel last week. But I think that's going to be a sneaky, fun game to watch too. I can see that being a lot of fireworks in that game. Could be a breakout game for somebody like Michael Pittman or Paris Campbell too with Seattle secondary not being the Legion of Boom like we remember them. I'll be watching these two games. (laughs) Um, The Sunday night game, I feel like everybody and their brother – is on the Rams, and I think the Bears getting eight is just too much with that defense. Stafford's career versus winning teams is not good, and I think he is the paper offseason, oh, my gosh, the Rams are going to the Super Bowl. They got Matt Stafford. I do not love Andy Dalton in primetime, though. That is the only thing that scares me, but I think that will be a very defensive game, and eight points seems like a lot in a defensive game. Could very well see the Rams that they win by touchdown. Most win by two scores seems to be asking for a lot. Um... Two more. Here, scroll up a little bit. I know I got the Monday night game. I'll save that for the last. Oh, I was going to. Now, this is Garth. You said the Houston Texans are going to go 0-17. But they're winning week one. <laughs> Houston is going to take the rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and they're going to win. And maybe it's their only win of the year. Jacksonville won week one last year and didn't win another game. Maybe it's flipped this year. It's a rookie QB. It's a college hedge coach, first NFL game. Tyrod Taylor is not great NFL talent, but he's confident. And the Jacksonville D that isn't all that great. Yeah, this sounds gross already saying it, but I, I would not back the Jaguars there, but I would take the Texans. Getting three at home in a divisional game against a rookie QB, a rookie head coach is a very sneaky pick, I think. And nobody's going to pick the Texans. Hmm. And then Monday night is kind of like, I guess you would say an upset of the week, but I'm going to take the Raiders at home. They are very good at night at home. And with the Ravens losing all their running game, they got tons of injury question marks all around. Lamar's going to have to pass the ball. This will be another fun game. Now, we couldn't pick this game in our players for DraftKings, but there's going to be a lot of points in this game both ways. I think there'll be a lot of fancy points to have. And Derek Carr never gets the credit. I don't think he's as bad as people say. I really don't. Maybe we can finally see Brian Edwards or Henry Ruggs step up. They just released John Brown, which was kind of weird. We'll see if they're – yeah, I mean, he think you want to release. I think these two guys are their future. And I mean, Waller's the one, kind of like we talked about with Kittle. But Waller and Andrews, I both think have big games here. And Lamar may run for 200 yards. 
he he might completely shatter his own rushing record this year with no running game now. He It'll may be have. interesting to see what he does. But I, I'm a, the Raiders are an upset of the week type pick for me. I'm gonna take the Raiders at home. Thing is with this one, I completely forgot about this game. Raiders are very good early in the season. Yes. The same thing I said with the Cardinals, they lack depth and they play their starters way too much. So when the game comes down, when when the game when when when, when it's a grinder. Their players uh-huh. are just tired, and you got nobody to really like nobody worth subbing in. And then late in the season, when they're tired, you have nobody to sub in. Yeah. So they were a playoff team last year, halfway through, and then second yeah. half of the season is where they just got burnt yeah. out, and they, they just couldn't win a game. They they were the only team to beat Kansas City in the regular season last year, and I believe that was a night home game. There's something about that the black mm-hmm. hole and all this. No, that was that, that was that was a one o'clock game. Was it a one o'clock? Okay. Yeah, but I know Henry, that's Henry, a divisional game. They always play Kansas City tough. Henry Ruggs was healthy. That was like his best yeah. game this season. But with the Ravens, they even got corner Andrew Marcus Peters also towards ACL. They they're just they're like what we used to say with the Chargers used to always be hurt every year. I, it's like the Ravens had that path this year. Like, are they really going to start Latavius Murray and Tyson Williams at running back? I'll take the Raiders at home in a game where you know getting over a field goal, maybe they lose by three. I mean, and I don't let it come this, down to Justin Tucker. Whether who covers depends on which quarterback is going to throw the game away. That's what I said. Andy Dalton scared. Maybe Justin Fields gets in at halftime. I'll feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah, but, but like, eight, eight just seemed to like a lot and a lot of defense. A good defense. Dalton will easily throw a couple of picks that will already put them in field goal range. But then you got Stafford too. I remember a couple of years mm-hmm. ago's season opener on primetime game. He literally threw the game away against the Jets and made Sam Darno already like the face of New York in that one night. <laughs> so it was like Sam Darno's opening night or um, his yeah. first game. And I, yeah. oh yeah, I remember that. that was... Yeah, he threw like two or three picks, and two of them were pick sixes. So yeah, you never know. That's why that's why that was a game I didn't touch. Maybe the Bears will be like when Deshaun Watson was a rookie, and they put him in at halftime. Maybe it'll be like Dalton. They'll be like, you know what, we messed up. I don't remember who the quarterback was for Houston. When at by halftime, they were like, you know what, you're good. It might have been like Ryan Mallard or something. But Brian, do you have some picks for us? Yeah, I'm gonna run run down mine real quick, and then um, we'll kind of kind of um, head out from there. So. I've got the 49ers minus seven and a half at the Lions. Lions are actually five and ten at home in their last 15 games. I don't See think that. at that spread, I don't think it'll take many points for the 49ers to cover. Um, uh, maybe what 18, 19. It's, it's, maybe we'll get maybe we'll pitch in 10 for the Lions. They changed it on. Um, I'm going contrarian here. I took the Titans, took the Titans minus three versus the Cardinals. The Cardinals are actually six and nine against the spread their last 15 on the road. Then with the Falcons minus three versus the Eagles, the Eagles are actually one and three against the spread, and two excuse me one and seven against the spread in 2020. So I kind of continue continue that progress there. I like the Bengals plus three versus the Vikings. The Bengals are five and two against the spread the last seven weeks, last seven week one games, and last but not least, I got the Rams. Minus the seven and a half versus the Bears. Actually, I think it went up to minus eight. I'll still go ahead and go with the Rams. They're uh, they were five and three as the home favorite last year, and you know, yeah, I, I would feel, I would actually not be able to bet this for the Rams if, if uh, Dalton wasn't starting. But I feel fairly comfortable. Dalton probably won't do a whole whole lot this this week, or really probably won't get two more chances after this. Fields is the starter of the future, so and soon. So for sure. Any any thoughts? I do like the Bengals pick. If Mac Jones plays well, I can see that influencing the decision on fields because it's earlier in the day, and then you got uh, the Rams later on that night. 
That's an interesting spin on it. I didn't think about that. Guys, put pressure on them. Guys, if y'all don't mind, maybe some maybe some final thoughts. Definitely give a, hand out your Twitter handles again because from the beginning to the end, we, we, we've, we've elapsed an hour, so it's pretty easy to remember, forget our handles. So if y'all kind of give your final thoughts about week one and kind of give your Twitter handles, that'd be awesome. Um, I know this is going into the future, so you can you can quote me on it right now. Week four will be a matchup of two undefeated teams in Gillette Stadium. Jeez, here we are already doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Both teams will be 3-0 when it's time for Mac versus Brady. You can quote me on that right now. I've been saying this since last year. I actually had Mac Jones starting week three, even if Cam was here. Just in time to get him some to get him some reps for week four. It's interesting. You can quote me on that right in, now. In, Two in all fairness, if the Patriots don't in, in all fairness, if the Patriots don't start out like that, it'll, it'll that, that, they got a really tough back end schedule, so they really need to. So I'm looking Tampa's first three games. We already won, and then you got the Falcons and at the Rams. At the Rams will be interesting. They should beat the Falcons, though. Rams possibly. And it, wait, is that in Atlanta or is that in Tampa? It's in Tampa, and then they go to the Rams. Okay. And, and the then Rams New England's got so. the Jets and the Saints. Okay, so I can see your logic there. Um. Definitely see the Jets. Saints, maybe. Uh, it's at home, though. Heck, Dolphins might be your toughest game out of the first three. It's possible. And then we have New England, and then I forget who we got next, and then we have Dallas. Okay. So, we, so we're so definitely looking at the future. We, we, we've got those Twitter handles we want to go ahead and have out. And, oh, and yeah, I'll, give, I'll give mine a call. We remove this. Banners, brand. Um, boom. There we go for Twitter handles. There you go, guys. So our Twitter handles. Um, on Sunday, you'll, you'll find me on Twitter very active, talking football, especially if I'm raging about how bad my fantasy team is, definitely. I'm at the point where I'm in too many leagues. I just root for every player at this point. So like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm in a paid league, I will, I, and it's not on Sleeper. A lot of the Sleeper ones with the Dynasty, it's all free. It was for fun, mostly. So yeah. I, have, I have like a, like a yearly league with my friends, and – that's like a hundred bucks buy-in, and there's like ten of us. Okay. So I will rule a lot more for that one. And of course, like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a big Justin Jefferson fan, so you'll probably see me rooting for the the Vikings, big D Hop fan, to be rooting for the Cardinals. Of course, I'm a bit of a pass fan of over twenty years, so you already know I'm gonna be rooting for Brady. Just not week four. Just not week four. Week four, you might see me crying because I'll be rooting against Brady for the first time ever. Be a sad moment. I, I was a Dak and a Brady owner in separate leagues last night, so I was having fun watching those two each score forty for week one. For oh, I, I have both too. I just I just had to bench Dak, which was oh uh, yeah. But I really had, had to play against Brady, so see that's what it means. Once you get in too many leagues, you start rooting for the same player you're rooting against. So mm -hmm. After a while, it just starts crossing each other. You just sit back and enjoy the game. Yeah. I think that wraps us up tonight. I think. Yes, it does. Yeah. I'm Luke, did you give us your Twitter handle? I'll, I'll do the, the sign out. Oh, my Twitter handle is just at Lucas DePau. You can find me on Twitter. Any fantasy football questions or even hockey questions, I will answer you back. Well, well folks, I appreciate all y'all tuning in to our premiere episode. I, I'm, I hope we all had a good time. I'm pretty sure that Luke, Mav, and, my, and myself did. And um, once again, thanks again for tuning in. We'll be with you next Friday at 8 p.m. And in between, you can always reach me at Vandegrad92 on Twitter with any of my content here at the cut and my other websites. And we're all willing to, to we're all willing to answer questions. 
and anything you might have leading up to Sunday's game. So once again, th thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Peace.